Greg Rubel of Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We want to thank you for your interest in God's Word and this message. We pray that God puts it into your heart. Alright, well it's a, it's a privilege I mean that. You know, it's a privilege to be able to, to share with you today about hope. The gift of hope. A man once said, If joy is like a lark that sings in the morning, hope is like a nightingale that sings in the dark. Joy is like a lark that sings in the morning, but hope is like a nightingale that sings in the dark. He said, most anyone can sing in the morning when everything is bright and everything is going well. But hope sings in the dark. Hope sings in the fog. Hope looks through all of the mist and all of the darkness into the clear of day. So I want to share with you today about this hope, the gift of hope that is a hope for every one of us. Understand, it's a hope for every one of us who is here today and know particularly that it is also a hope for every single one of us who is not. Every one of us who is not here today. But it's a hope for everyone. So if you'd turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel Chapter 17, verses 22 through 24, we'll read about this hope. You probably don't turn there often, so I'll give you extra time. (laughs) Ezekiel 17, beginning in verse 22. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will take a shoot from the very top of a cedar and plant it. I will break off a tender sprig from its topmost shoots and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain heights of Israel I will plant it. It will produce branches and bear fruit, and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. All the trees of the field will know that I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. 
extreme, I want you to know today that Jesus is my hope. And friends, Jesus is like a nightingale that sings through the dark. Understand that when the Father, when He breathed out those words in Ezekiel 17, understand how great the darkness was at that time in history. You know, understand how terrible was the darkness, how how lost were the people, and yet the Father, He told them to see. He said, see the hope today that is for you. See the hope today that is on the horizon. God said, see, I will plant a seed on the height of a mountaintop. He said, when I plant it, it will be small, it will be a tender shoot, a tender sprig. How tender and how fragile and how naked and vulnerable will this hope be? But He said, this hope that I'm giving to you, it's going to grow. The Father said in Ezekiel, it will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. Though you wait in the darkness, He says, there is hope for all. There's a hope for everyone. Do you see that Jesus is the tender sprig in Ezekiel 17. Jesus is the sprig. Jesus is my hope. And He is a saving hope. He's a saving hope. In Matthew 1.21, the angel came to Joseph and he told him that, that Mary, she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus. Why? Because He will save the people from their sins. That's what Jesus' name means. The Lord Saves. So may we understand today that, that God desires all men to be saved. He desires that all men would come to the knowledge of the truth. But may we also understand that God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Okay, so there's no other name, there is no other way, there is no other one, but recognize it is Jesus today that is your saving hope. And I pray that you would hear today this. Understand that on your part, no amount of thinking, no amount of wishing or reading or contemplation or meditating will ever change that truth. There's nothing that you can do to change the truth that Jesus is the saving hope. He is the one. You know, you look uh, nowhere else. For the scripture says that He is splendid. Other translations there in Ezekiel, it tra- they translate that word as great. Jesus is great or noble. Jesus is noble or goodly. You know, Jesus is goodly. When you look at that Hebrew word there, it refers to that which is superior to something else and is therefore majestic. Okay, that's what's splendid. When God refers to the splendid tree in Ezekiel 17, that's what splendid means. That which is superior to something else and is therefore majestic. How do you see Jesus today? Do you see Him like that? 
Do you see him today as splendid? Do you see him today as majestic? Elizabeth Barrett was a young poet. And Elizabeth had had a lot of tragedy in her life. She'd had family members uh, that had passed away. She was always sickly. Uh, As a young girl growing up, when she was 15, she fell off a horse and she suffered suffered a spinal injury. Uh, And her relationship with her father uh, was difficult. It was strained. It It wasn't a good thing. It wasn't a filling thing for her, her relationship with her father. But there was this young guy named Robert. Robert Browning, who was also a poet. And Robert, he really took an interest in Elizabeth. And the two of them uh, fell in love, and so they began, you know, writing back and forth. And I think you can imagine that Robert, in Elizabeth's life, you know, wouldn't he have been a a Christ figure in her life? You know, you think about all of the darkness and all the tragedy that he, she had experienced. And then, man, here comes, you know, Robert into her life. And so Elizabeth, she was head over heels you know, in love uh, with Robert. And she wrote a poem to Robert uh, while they were going out or whatever you called it back then, I don't know. But it's known as Sonnet 43, and I wanted to share it with you. It goes like this. Okay, she says, How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach when feeling out of sight. For the ends of being an ideal grace, I love thee to the level of every day's most quiet need by sun and candlelight. I love thee freely as men strive for right. I love thee purely as they turn from praise. I love thee with a passion put to use in my old griefs and with my childhood's faith. I love thee with a love I seem to lose with my lost saints. I love thee with the breath, smile, tears of all my life. And if God choose, I shall but love thee better after Death. Now, I don't expect you to catch all that, okay? I sure didn't. <laughs> you know, but listen, when, when you hear that, would you say that Elizabeth saw Robert as splendid? You know, did you catch enough there to see that she saw Robert as superior to everything else in her life, to everyone else? That she knew. And so my question today is, does your heart see Jesus like that today? Does your heart see Jesus in that, in that kind of a splendor? Listen to the Christ-centered exaltation that we have in Colossians 1. This is how our hearts should see him. It says he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he's before all things and in him all things hold together. And he's the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Then in everything he might be preeminent is your heart seeing Jesus like that today. Understand that He is your hope. He is saving. And He is splendid. He 
He's splendid and he's safe. He's a safe shelter for you. In our passage in Ezekiel, it says that birds of every kind will nest in the splendid tree. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. Do you see Jesus as your safe shelter? I wanted to share a story with you this morning. I think you'll like it. I assume everyone has heard the story of Jemima Puddle Duck. <laughs> Any hands? Somebody? Okay. My dad and then, okay. Yeah. But a few others of you have heard the tale of Jemima Puddle Duck. So this is a good story, so I just you know, wanted to, to tell uh, it to you a little bit of it. So Jemima Puddle Duck, she was upset. And Jemima was upset because the farmer's wife wouldn't let her sit on her own eggs. And so, you know, I guess in like, you know, duck world, this is the kind of thing that pushes a duck over the edge. You know, when you tell them you cannot sit on your own eggs. And so Jemima decided, well, I'm out of here. I'm going to leave the farm. I'm going to leave the farmer's wife. And I'm going to go out on my own. So... Jemima set out. She was happy in her new venture. Uh, But it wasn't long before she met a gentleman with sandy whiskers. And the gentleman with sandy whiskers, he listened to Jemima's plight. And he was sympathetic with Jemima. And he said, well, well, Jemima, it's, it's right that you should want to sit on your own eggs. You know, it's wrong that the farmer's wife is not allowing you to do that. So he said, I want you to to come and I have a room here in my house where you can sit on your own eggs. And all of your dreams will be fulfilled. And so we can see Jemima's in there. She's sitting. Well, in that second picture there, you can kind of see the gentleman with sandy whiskers. He's poking his eye through the crack. And you can probably guess what happened or what almost happened happened to Jemima, but luckily uh, the dogs uh, from the farm, they had, had gotten wind of what was happening, and so they came just in the nick of time, and they chased the gentleman uh, with sandy whiskers away, rescuing uh, Jemima, and then they led her back uh, to the farm. Uh, she looks a little dejected uh, to me there, but they led her back uh, to the safety of that farm. And I hope the point of that story, or what I'm trying to communicate, is clear for you. You know, understand that Jesus Christ is a safe shelter for you. In Proverbs 18.10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. It says, The godly run to Him and are safe. But see, you and I, how frequently do we pull a puddle duck You ever pull a puddle duck? Do you leave the shelter of the farm? You know, you go out on your own way pursuing what what you see fit to pursue. But I want to plead with you today to not leave the shelter of the Lord. Because listen, in this world, there are a lot of gentlemen with sandy whiskers, right? Right? There are a lot of gentlemen with sandy whiskers out there. And you know what? If you've got something that you want to do, 
You know, if you have a, a particular dream or something that you've set uh, your heart on that you're dreaming about that is outside the will of God, I will guarantee you that you can find someone who will tell you you should do it. I guarantee you, you will find someone who should will tell you you should do what you want. Out on the, in the world, you know, on the internet, somewhere, someone will agree. Come with me. You know, you, come with me. It's right that you want to do what you want. You know, you should get to do what you want. It, it's wrong that you're not already doing it, in fact. You're a victim. You're, you're being suppressed, so come with me. You can stay with me and do what you want to do. Not what God would have, but what you. And so that's what I'm saying. Please do not leave the safety of the splendid tree. That's your home. That's where you were designed to be. So what do we need to know about this hope for everyone that we find in Ezekiel? We need to know that Jesus is your hope. He is saving. He is splendid and He is safe. We need to know that. Jesus is my hope, but our passage, it continues. Verse 24 The Lord goes on and He says, All the trees of the field will know that I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I bring down the tall tree, make the low tree tall. I dry up the green tree, make the dry tree flourish. Two things for us to take away there. And the first is that Jesus is hope for the low. That's the first thing for us to take away from verse 24. Jesus is hope for the low. He says, I make the low tree grow tall. When I thought about that word lowliness, and I thought about, you know, well, what is lowliness? You know, what does lowliness look like out in the world? And I'll tell you, my heart, it went right to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, that's what lowliness looks like in the world. In Matthew 5, 3, Jesus says that God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Okay, what's He saying there? Well, He's saying that that heaven belongs to the empties or the have-nots. Okay, He's saying that heaven belongs... To the have-nots, those who are low, those who are least. You know, I was thinking about you this week. And I thought, you know, it could be, I don't know, but it could be that you're here today and, I mean, in the world, you feel like nothing. Worth nothing, good for nothing, nothing to bring, nothing to share, nothing to contribute. Why am I here, you ask? Nobody sees you. Nobody knows you. 
And listen, I just wanted you to know today that you may be nothing in the world, but I want you to know that you are something here. Okay? I want you to know I may be nothing in the world, but I'm something at Living Streams. I want you to know today that because you are an object of great love, you are an object of our love. Present in thought, the subject of prayers, concern. You know, don't ever think that you are not. Don't ever think that you are not, that you're not being prayed for, that you're not on that list, that every single name is not gone over. Jesus is hope for the low. He's hope for those who have not. You know, when I read through the Gospels, you know, while I know that Jesus came for all men, where was his focus? You know, his focus, it wasn't on the high. His focus, it wasn't on the mighty, but it was on the rejected. It was on the despised. You know, he called out to the ones who, who were broken, to the ones who didn't fit, to the ones who seemed to have nothing to contribute to the world. Those are the ones that Jesus pursued. Our family was watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer recently. And of course, Rudolph, you know, he was different. He didn't fit in. He wasn't allowed to play in the other uh, reindeer games. And so in the movie, he runs away with the dentist. And I can't remember. What's the dentist's name? I honestly couldn't remember. Herbie. Herbie. Okay. So, Herbie. Herbie. So Rudolph runs with Herbie and Yukon Cornelius. The three, they, they run away and they're, they're going out. And eventually, you remember, they came to the island of misfit toys. Remember the island of misfit toys, the place where toys who didn't fit right, the place where toys who, who didn't look right. It was a place where those toys were allowed to stay. And so, you know, Rudolph, he saw this place. He thought, oh man, you know, this is a pretty nice place. I'd like to stay here too. But they told him no. And he said, no, Rudolph, you can't stay here, but you need to go back. And you need to tell Santa that we have toys here and they need someone who loves them. So go and bring Santa. And so Rudolph did and Santa came because, you know, that's what Santa does, right? I mean, Santa comes through, right? Understand that God, He loves the low. He comes after the low. The have-nots, those who don't fit in, who are poor in the eyes of the world. How He loves you today. How his heart longs to pick you up, to pick up the low, and to make you grow tall. You know, he's longing to do that for you today. He's hope for the low. And you know, not just the have-nots. I've got a whole uh, list there. That's just one example uh, from Matthew uh, 5. There's a, a whole list. I'll just touch on one or two others. But when you move past verse 3 to verse 4, you know, it said, God blesses those who mourn. For they will be comforted. So those, those are the hurting. Jesus is for them. Jesus is their hope. He's your hope if you're hurting. In verse 5, it said, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. So Jesus, we know, He is hope for the humble. 
I remember when I was a young pastor, and I had a I had a couple of people in the church that really uh, they chewed my ear pretty good, you know. <laughs> and, and so I remember at one point, you know, I was just I was so discouraged, and so I went to the the senior pastor, and I told him I said, "Man, you know, I don't know what to say to these people." You know, I mean, they, they come to me and they're upset and, and I mean, they're saying these things and I just stand there. You know, it's like I'm tongue-tied. I just feel like a great big dummy. You know, I don't know what to say. I, I don't want to have a comeback. I don't know how to defend myself. And so, so literally, I would just have to hang my head, you know, as they would lay it upon. <laughs> you know what he said to me? He said, Shane, that is a gift from God. He's right. That's a gift from God. Because understand the thing about being low, the consequence of being low, you're prone to getting stepped on. Okay? A consequence of being low is you're prone to get stepped on. Are you okay with that? Because I'll tell you, you know, the tall trees, the tall trees that God talks about uh, in Ezekiel, tall trees aren't into that kind of thing. Tall trees aren't into laying low to being stepped on. I remember years ago I was uh, preaching a sermon on gentleness. Okay, so from Galatians 5... Um, how the Christian can exercise the fruit of gentleness in their life. And after the message, um, people were coming out and there was this guy who was irritated with me. And you probably didn't know I was such a controversial person, did you? You're like, holy moly, man. He's, like, he's getting into it everywhere he goes. What the deal? I didn't know it either. But he was irritated with me because I didn't talk about fighting back. In my sermon uh, on gentleness. And I understand, you know, I'm not ditching him. I understand the point, you know, that he was trying to make and where he was coming from. But I just mentioned that to ask, you know, why is fighting back so important to us? You know, why is that so important? Having the perfect word, having the, the solid Defense responding to the, the perfect pointed sting when someone tries to light our ear on fire. And why is that so important? Jesus says the humble, the meek, the low, what's he say? He says, you know what I'm going to do for him? I'm going to raise him up. I'll be the one. I'll pick him up. I'll make him tall. Those tall trees, I'll lay him low. But he says, you know what, the low trees, I'm going to make them tall. When you move from verse 5 uh, then to verse 6, it said, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. You know, other translations say righteousness. You know, so we see that Jesus, you know, he's hope for the hungry. Verse 7, it says, God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. So there we have the helping. In verse 8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure. 
for they will see God. So the holy. From Matthew 5, we we see the have-nots, the hurting, the humble, the hungry, the helping, uh, the holy. Those are all examples of low in the world. Okay, they're all examples of low. Those low trees that we see in Ezekiel 17, that God the Father is promising that though you are low today, Okay, he's saying that right now you feel like you know you're you're just so close, so down to the floor of the forest, and these tall trees, man, they're they're big and they're huge. These these cedars and these sequoias, and and they're creating this tremendous canopy over you, so you can't see any sun, you can't see any light, you can't grow. And what's God saying? He's saying those tall trees. I'm going to take them down. Those who create the veil will fall. Okay? That's good news that they will fall. So put your hope in me. Put your hope in me. For I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree. I, the Lord, make the low tree grow tall. So we see we have the three verses that we're working with. Here in Ezekiel. And so in verses 22 and 23, what did we establish from that? That Jesus is my hope. Okay, Jesus is my hope. And then in verse 24, we saw that not only is Jesus my hope, but He is hope specifically for the low. And then we also see in verse 24 that Jesus is hope for the dry. That's our final point. Jesus is hope for the dry. At the end of verse 24, he says that I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. When I read that verse, my heart went to Psalm 1. You know, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like the chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But he says the way of the wicked will perish. So we can understand that Jesus, He's hope for the dry. I've got a big stick here. I don't know if you know that you probably noticed this. I tried to hide it, but you know. You know how it worked. But anyway, when I look at this big stick, one of the things that strikes me is how easily, you know, it can be tossed, right? How easily it can be be moved. You know, in Psalm 1 it said that a, a, a righteous man is like a tree that is planted. But what did it say about the wicked? You know, it said they're like chaff. You know, that the wind can blow away. They're like chaff that the wind can move. And I just wonder, when you look at your heart, I mean, do you feel like it looks like this in any way? 
you know, maybe maybe in your life, you know, you, you go out and you're with friends and, and man, it's so easy in your life to compromise. You know, hey, why don't you do this? And it's so easy, man, you can just, let's do this, let's try this. And it's just so easy for you to move. And so you move, you sway back and forth and you compromise. And, and it's like your principles, I feel like I used to have principles, but they're just, they're just not here now. You know, well, why are you moving? Why, why are you so easily tossed today? You know, well, I mean, there's a rooting problem here. Right? You know, you're not rooted. There's a root issue that's happening in your heart. What's your heart look like today? You know, when I look at this tree, another thing that I think about is, you know, man, this is a, this is a thirsty tree. You know, what else did it say in, in Psalm 1? You know, it said that, that not only is the tree planted, but what's it planted by? What did it say? It says planted by water, living streams of water, right? Are you thirsty? You know, when, when we're, we're thirsty, you know, when we dry out, you know, we begin to, to fall apart. You know, I mean, I think we can all think about people in our lives that we saw dry out. Okay, that they separated themselves from the love of God. They removed himself from the shelter. And as they stepped out, what happened to them? You know, they dried up and there were things that came over them. There was stubbornness there. There was anger there. There was arrogance there. There was lust there. There was, was bitterness there. And one by one they got weaker and weaker. And man, you know, they just broke. You know, so easily broken. Look, that's why I said it's so important that you not leave the shelter of God. Don't leave His shelter. How thirsty we become. How tossed we are. Don't leave a shelter. Don't leave it today. Because you know the thing about uh, the thing about being a dead tree, or sorry, I messed up. The thing about being a thirsty tree is you're a dead tree. Okay, the thing about being a thirsty tree is that you're a dead tree. Psalm one said, The Lord he watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked perish. Ephesians two. It tells us that that we are dead in our sin. We're dead in our transgression. But it goes on to say that you and I, we are made alive in Christ. Though we're dead, we are made alive in the splendid tree. And so it is that we are saying today that Jesus Christ is my hope. Understand, Jesus is the top most shoot that the father years ago plucked and he set up on a mountain top. 
He's a hope that the Father promised would grow from the tiniest of beings, just a little tender sprig, he said, but he would grow up into a mighty cedar where all who look upon him and all who call upon his name alone could receive salvation for their soul. I don't know how easily you're tossed. I don't know how broken you are today or how brittle you are today, but know that Jesus Christ is the anchor. He's the safe shelter, the place that can hold and house you and all your junk, all your trouble, all the problem and dysfunction. Jesus Christ can hold that. He's a hope for everyone. Jesus Christ is a hope for everyone. It's a hope that extends to the lowest and the driest of humanity. So know that you are not too far from the Father's reach today. Okay, You are not too far from Him. You cannot get beyond God. He longs for you. He is jealous for you. And He will pursue you to the grave if necessary. How will you respond to Him today? You know, will you respond to Jesus? Because listen, stream, if, if, our, if our spirits, if our hearts are not, not groaning, like in Colossians 1, you know, that exaltation of the immortal and the invisible, if our hearts aren't groaning like that, there's a problem. Okay, there's a problem there. Respond to Jesus. Know that He loves you, that He's calling, that He's waiting for you, that He holds a safe shelter, a safe place for you. Respond to Him today. Groan in your heart. Father, You are splendid. I see Your majesty. I see how You are superior to all else. Respond to Him. And just pray with me. If you need to come to Him today, you have that opportunity. Will you come to Jesus today? Maybe it's been a while since you've come. Things happened. Stole your joy and drained your hope. Maybe it's been a long time since you've come, but you can come to Him today. You've got things in your life today. And just feel so easily tossed 
God, I used to be so strong. I was so resolute. I was grounded in you. But now I just sway. You're dry. So brittle and so hard. You know, used to when the Spirit of God touched you, it was so easy to cry. And you love for the tears to flow. Because you knew it was God. Friend, you are not beyond his reach today. If you call on his name, you shall be saved. So, Father, each one of us, we're here and we're offering ourselves to you. I'm saying, God, here I am in my weakness, how I've fallen, how I've strayed. I need you, Jesus. I believe today that you're the hope, you're the one that God sent. believe that today would you come into my life would you forgive me God the things I've done forgive me sorry God fill me won't you fill me wash me won't you wash me help me won't you help me And Father, for anyone who's in that place today, who's praying that kind of a prayer, I pray that your spirit would fall fresh over them. That there would be a real touch from you today that they could take hold of and know, man, God was here, God was calling me, and I responded to him. You don't owe us that. But Father, we would ask you to give it. We'd ask you to give it to us today. And Father, for everybody else that's here, those who are low, Father, those who are happy, those who are holding on to the hope through the darkness, I thank you for each one of them. And pray that in this season, these next days, Father, that that you'd be near to them and that they'd know no matter what they've lost, God, you're there. Our loss will never be greater than what we gain in Christ. Okay, your loss will never be greater than what you have to gain in Christ. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.